Welcome to 10 Minutes, a breakout investor podcast. Today we are talking about Dymacorp, ticker DMIFF, with Florian Buschek. First, a disclaimer no one on this call is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company stock, you have to do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investor Discussion app, which is located at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The application and much of the research content is free. After registering or logging in, use the search bar at the top right of any page, type in the ticker, and the result will give you a link to the research post with this podcast. Now to our topic, Dimacore. This one's a little different. It's a small diamond mine in South Africa. Stock trades on the Canadian exchange and OTC. Florian, you seem to be pretty excited about this one. You like the company and its prospects. Can you give a little background and then explain why breakout investors should be interested? I am very excited indeed, yeah. It is by far my largest position and um, for good reason. So um, for a little bit of a background, it's Diamond is a diamond miner in South Africa and its deposit is located directly next to a very large DBS field. Um, so this deposit was basically acquired from DBS um, around the financial crisis and very cheaply. Why? Because DBS basically was a little bit in trouble. They had um, financial issues that coming due and essentially got rid of every non-core asset that they could sell. This was a while ago, right? I mean, five this to 10 years ago. This was a while ago. ago. Yes. Yeah. And, and so the story with almost any mining company is one of trouble and issues, especially when it comes to building the mine. And the same here, building the mine and all the, the equipment, things like that took, took very long, took about five to six years. And then they ran into issues. They had a subcontractor and um, the subcontractor used old equipment. They had downtimes, they, they missed diamond. So they had years of issues and then they went on to fix it and bought the, the, all the equipment themselves. And what happened then, of course, is that um, COVID hit and South Africa completely shut down. It was around 2019, 20 to 2020. And then, so last year, nothing really happened until towards the end of the year, they finally could resume production, trial mining. And right now they are at a point where they go from trial mining to full-scale mining. And that is so exciting because they can easily double volumes in the very near term. They are currently already break even on very low volume. They can double volume in the near term and then in the longer term, what they have an equipment, the mill, et cetera, is very well equipped for much larger volumes, about three to four times as much. So let me see if I can review that. They, they got the property, which is adjacent to Valencia. Uh, they uh -huh. knew there were diamonds. It took some time to do the prep work. And then they hired a subcontractor. The subcontractor wasn't working to the satisfaction of investors or the company. Correct. So they must have raised some money, bought some equipment, and then they got stalled for the entire period of COVID. They're back in, uh, in operations now. They're producing and they found buyers for the diamonds. Who buys the diamonds? Uh, they have they have some some partners. So uh, the, the diamond industry is not that large. So it's a lot about relationships. 
And then smaller diamonds are, are easily sold at, at relatively low prices. What they do with larger diamonds, especially, is they organize these tender sales, um, usually in, Bamco usually does it in Amsterdam or in Dubai. And there, the, these larger diamonds are almost auctioned off, you can say. And this is currently done, it should be done regularly, but it depends still a bit on, on COVID restrictions and schedule, inventory, things like that. Um, and the next one, the last one was in February, was very successful. Um, and the next one is probably going to be in June. So in the coming days, probably even. And that is actually one of the next catalysts. Now you've shared, uh, you've shared some articles indicating that diamond prices are up. Uh, could you talk a little bit about supply and demand? Yes. So in general, the supply demand picture is, is very good because all the, the existing deposits are getting older and production is, is rather declining, whereas demand is still keeping up. That is, that is favorable in general, but even more important is stone quality. And Danco has a very high quality. They achieve prices that are clearly above the average or standard prices for, for normal stones. And, and that's very, very favorable for them because they get prices between $200 and $300 per carat, whereas the average is maybe something between $100 and $200, if even. Okay, so they've got, uh, they've got great stones now. There, there's something unique about this property. It's apparently fairly easy to mine, and they have some idea how much, how many carats or what the value of the diamonds are in the ground. Yes, so this, so this deposit is directly next to the De Beers Valencia mine. And it's actually, it was a part of the Valencia field. It was, I don't know how many millions of years ago, it was sheared away. And so because the Valencia field is known very well, they know the deposit uh, very well also. And not only that, because it was sheared away, it is very shallow. So it's very easy to mine in an open pit setting and it's, it's not deep at all. So that lowers their costs tremendously and that helps them to basically have operating costs that are the lowest in the whole mining industry. I, I've, I've seen uh, uh, illustrations of the, of the property on their investor deck and I think there was also one in the geological report on the website. The way you just described it sheared away I understand the Valencia mine is located on higher ground. So essentially what we're talking about then is a, this is a simplification, but a piece of the mountain fell away. Yeah, the top, the top the, basically. And so they don't need to, what, what I remember is no open pit mining, no shaft mining. They basically just have to get uh, back end loaders in there and load it up. Uh, then yeah, they take it to much. a conveyor and it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's x-rayed and they identify where the diamonds are and go get them. Exactly. It runs through the mill. It, it is open pit mining. What they don't need to do is any kind of blasting, something like that. And that is what is usually the costly stuff. Any in, idea in why, mining. why De Beers didn't mine this first? I mean, if it's... Yeah, so they, they had their own deposits already in operation and they didn't want to spend... It was financial crisis. They had strongly declining earnings and I mean, they 20 want... years ago when when they started the valencia mine uh if this is easy pickings uh, i'm just curious why they didn't start here why did they start somewhere else 
Oh, I think it was it was just not identified back then. Oh, okay. And or at least not not the priority. And it's it's of course also smaller than the Valencia field. So usually larger mining companies always go for scale first. Sure. Okay, well, let's finish up. Tell, tell the listeners a little bit about the guy running this operation and uh, some of their shareholders. There's a big name you haven't mentioned yet. Yes, so the, the CEO, Dean Taylor, um, has, has come onto the scene just before they acquired this deposit. And he's a very trustworthy, um, very trustworthy CEO. I have spoken to him and it's, it's very clear that he has a very well thought out plan and I think the company is in very good hands with him. And what should also be said is um, he knows his shareholder base very well. At least 60% of all the shares are in very strong hands. I think 10 to 12, in the hands of 10 to 12 people. Um, and these, these, have, these people have, have kept their shares all the way down from, from over a dollar to, to less than five cents, basically. So these are really strong hands and they won't sell anytime soon just because the stock is up 50%. So the name so. that I was fishing for is a, is a large jewelry company. Do you want to tell the story about that? Yeah, so Tiffany is also a shareholder. Not only a shareholder, they have a partnership with Tiffany whereby Tiffany more or less can choose among the inventory that Diamcore produces. That's not directly for all stones, especially not for the larger ones, but um, for almost everything else, Tiffany has the right of first refusal. And it's like an uptake agreement. When I, when I asked the CEO about this, he explained that at one point in development of this, they needed some cash. And that's when Tiffany came in, they put in $10 million and as you say, they got a right of first refusal on the diamonds produced by the mine. Yeah, Tiffany has given them a loan and they also have an equity stake. Very good. Well, that's 10 minutes. Thank you, Florian. We are Breakout Investors. Please join us for discussions on this podcast and other breakout ideas on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com.